This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Justin, thanks so much for joining me today, bro. Um, excited to have you on. And for those that don't know you, give us a, a, a little overview. Give us an elevator pitch of who you are and what you're about. Yeah, will do. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Um, yeah, I'll try to keep this under 30 seconds. So my name is Justin Lawson. I uh, co-founded a essentially a B2B uh, consultancy with my co-founder, Jen. Spent about a decade and a half in early stage B2B SaaS. And at the end of the day, our goal is to make B2B startups more successful when entering the U.S., and, uh, you know, our mission is add value to founders at a rate, at a speed that they can see that they've never been able to hire before. So, you know, the, the world of hiring early stage salespeople is brutal. So giving them a plan, giving them a team and just delivering results um, really, really quick. Great. How did you guys identify that problem and then figure out you wanted to pursue? I think. But for me, I have multiple agencies, I have multiple yeah. SaaS products and then yeah. I have other, you know, ideas and things I'm investing into. And sometimes yeah. it's hard for me to pinpoint what problem I want to go after and, and figure out which, which is worth my time and energy. And then also figure out how to validate whether it's even worth my time and energy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a good how question. Do you, I think, that process? Yeah. So, so backing up a few years before we started the company, we kept hearing the same problem from B2B founders. One was, I don't know who to hire to help me do this, period. Like, who, who is the talent that is actually a good early stage salesperson? Because in the early stage, it's not just sales. You're talking sales, you're talking market analysis, you're talking product marketing, you're talking positioning, value prop design. Like, it's all of the things. And so for us, it was, okay, there's, a, there's definitely a talent problem here. The next piece is actually just process. Because when you do hire someone, you feel like you strike gold. Oh, my goodness, like, they're what I need. But there's still no process and... And so it's just, they're trying to figure it out. And that takes maybe a year, 18 months. So for us, it was, how do we give them the talent, you know? And then we also give them the process and the speed to where when they hire us, they know exactly what they're getting in three or six months. So I think that's one macro problem. The other, the other problem personally was just, I hate when things become scalable, it just gets boring. So we, we, you know, at our, at our firm, we attract people that love that ambiguity in the early stage. Uh, and then to your question around validation. So we, again, realized very quickly, you know, we're not, we're not magicians, right? We don't just come in and back up. Yep. So here's 30 sales. It's all repeatable. Happy day. So we have, we have basically two projects that we, that we sell. One is just customer discovery, all about validation. I got a question the other day from a founder. How do I know when to enter the U S market? Is it this year? Is it next year? And I asked him, how many buyers have you spoken to in the U S? He goes, well, I haven't spoken to any. That's where you start, right? Like just start there. Let's forget the other question. So our, our first product is all about discovery. The next product um, is called market development. That's us having proven to a founder that we can do this and that we're the right team to do it. And we've built a go-to-market based on customer evidence, buyer evidence. So that, that's full cycle selling. That's building pitch decks. That's getting five early adopting customers, basically saying, hey, not only will we say this is how you should do it, we will do it for you. So we're fishing. We're teaching you how to fish. 
Um, and then you, you know, you hire your team um, with a lot more confidence than you would have had six or nine months ago. Sorry, that was, that was a lot of stuff, but I'll. I'll so yeah. you're fishing, teaching them how to fish and then making them sushi and letting them eat it right there. That's, that's it. You know, <laughs> um, is it a product or is it service based and you're, you're taking the service and productizing the service? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely taking the service, productizing the service. That's where we have to start. Neither my co-founder or I, or our technology, I mean, we're really, we're not engineers. We're not data engineers. We're not data scientists. So it was like, okay, what can two people who have traditionally just been salespeople Built. I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't just want to sell software, right? And so for us, it was okay. Let's start with services, and it it's done really well for us. And it's been interesting. It's a totally different problem building. And you probably know this, Andrew, based on your uh, you know your services based business too. Is like building a service product is brutally difficult. Uh, similar to I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of technical founders face too. So you know, every day every day is uh, we're trying to get better. For sure. And um, who is your primary target customer is it is it a pre-revenue startup or is yeah. it a uh you know an established mid-sized b2b player yeah. like who, who are you guys looking for yeah so we started as focused as we could possibly be so really seed maybe series a but capitalized have a little bit have a little bit of money have a little bit of validation but the founder just hit a wall it's like, okay, I've gotten as far as I can with my friends and my family. I have a little bit of money. I probably basically gave my product away. I now need to do something more durable and sustainable. So for us, B2B founders, capitalized, still early stage. Um, as we've grown, that has, that has sort of gone to a point where we're about to close our first Fortune 500 customer. We have a few customers that are making you know, a few hundred million dollars a year. And that is more on just new ventures. So started B2B SaaS you know, VC back companies. Now it's, Hey, I want to build a product. I want to validate that product. And I build 20 products a year. Um, so we're, you know, a little bit different from a delivery perspective, but we're, we're super excited to push up, push upstream. And it took us four years to get there. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really fun when you can do that. Um, you know, start with whoever your early adopters are and then cross yeah. that chasm and, and get into kind of like the, the primary, which is, which is great enterprise or, or, or the larger contracts. Totally. Yeah. Um, so can, I, I don't know if this is possible or not, but can you give kind of like a rough idea of, of uh, you know, what, what costs are associated with the services and you have different packages? I'm just curious and I'm sure. Yeah, can. sure. I mean, it, it's, it's simple, right? It's, it's fixed base per month uh, for phase one, right? We're learning, you pay us a monthly fee, we'll go in there and essentially for the same cost of like an SDR or a BDR for a year, um, you know, we cost for three months. And I say that because we're going to get you 10 times the value in well, one fourth the time. Um, and if we go into phase two, same type of model, except if we bring in a deal, we get a small commission on top of that, very similar to a normal sort of salesperson. That's it. So it's, we, we try to keep it as simple as possible. And, um, you know, it's an interesting question because a lot of people haven't hired talent like this before super strategic, very close to the chest. Founder usually, founders usually lead this process, right? And it's like, well, you know, they don't really know how to buy it. They've never hired someone to do this. So, you know, and kudos to my co-founder, Jen. She's, she does have to educate the market a lot on why, why us versus why. And I mean, you've, you've probably seen this, right? It's like, well, my VCs told me to hire a VP, just let them figure it out, right? So you spend $400,000 on an executive, a year and a half later, they haven't found the vein and you just blown um, you know, not even just blowing money, but also just focus and time and opportunity cost. Or 
you raise money, you, you hire six or seven salespeople, a few, few SDRs, a few AEs, someone will figure that out, right? And at the end of the day, if you as a founder haven't collected evidence that it can be done with you leading it, how are you going to expect someone else to do that? And so, sorry, that's a dovetail from the question on like, how do we work, but the cost, um, we're, I mean, we're six figures. I mean, to, to use our team, it's six figures and, and uh, you know, low six figures, but that's where we're starting at. Um, and, uh, you know, being able to get pretty much a case study for every client we've had in the past 24 months. <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah. yeah, no, I think the market is, um, I think the, the, the market you're going after, the B2B sales, I think it's huge. And yeah, like you said, there's, there's just a host of different complications and problems that you face. And especially if you're a startup that's growing, especially if it's a new industry yeah. or you're pioneering something new um, and have to educate the market. It's just a lot of unknown variables, um, you know, in that process. Yeah. You can just figuring out sales comps um, when you're bringing on the right team and what totally. the structures look like. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with that for, for a couple of things I'm working on and they just, that process alone is like, okay, you, you don't know where to, to get the right information from. Yes. So definitely value in that. Exactly. I mean, we deliver all those, all of that conversion and sort of business model viability stuff. Um, you know, we pretty much put together on a silver platter because you're right. It takes, you have to have the, the technology to even do that. You have to have the, you know, the, the, the data points and the data inside of your systems to, you know, fuel that. Like there's just, there's just so much around it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big part of our process. Nice. And, um, with what you guys do, uh, there's, there's an immediate ROI or is there a process where you ramp up and onboard and, um, kind of walk me through that because it'd yeah. be easy, it's an easy sell if you can show yep. that values right, right there, right away. And then the ROI comes back, you know, exponentially. Yeah, totally. that, what does that look like? I mean, it's, so it's, it's the, the way I, and I'll, I'll answer that directly, but it's, it's, it's an interesting question because think about it, a payback period on a salesperson is a year and a half in a mature business. Okay. So you're never starting, you know, net positive out of the gate with any type of role like this. But for us, our thing was, okay, you're hiring someone, they rent for 90 days, right? They're doing the culture thing. They're doing the, the old HR stuff. They're, they're shadowing. We want to deliver, we deliver market results in under 90 days, period. So an example of that is you hire us, we spec out a bunch of assumptions about your business. We get really fine, really refined on who you're talking about customers. It's not everybody, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, so we try to get really specific. Then we'll go and speak to 15, 20 executive buyers, CIOs, VPs of engineering. Like we're, we're targeting SVPs of um, information security right now for a client, right? We get in the room with them with a founder. And what we do is we talk about problems. We don't talk about your solution because we honestly, I don't care. I want to make sure that the, the people you believe would love to buy your product one, that they have a problem, two, that they can articulate the negative implications of those problems, and three, that they are trying to solve it already. It might be people, it might be time, like, but those are three things that you need to validate because if not, it goes back to what you just said, Andrew, the education that's needed to sell in early stage sales, now you know how much education you really have to do because yeah. they don't perceive it as a problem and that has implications on how you sell, how much time it takes to sell, who you need to hire to conduct that type of sale, right? So, um, you know, from an ROI perspective, sorry, but from an ROI perspective, if you value time and learnings from who you want to sell to, that's where you come to us for. We're transcribing those interviews. We're going super deep in the analysis. We're using that to build a go-to-market in 90 days. After that, the ROI is you getting paid what you need from early adopting customers, and we get those for you, period. Yeah. That's the vision. That's great. 
I like that formula actually for startup founders to, to leverage and use when seeking new businesses to start or creating new products that they're going to roll out into the marketplace. Yeah. Is that remind me or, or reiterate what that, that formula yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the, the first criteria that we, and again, when we're testing, what we, the way we talk about it is we test on many assumptions. Here's our buyer. We have a hypothesis around a need that they have. And in order to validate that on many hypothesis, you need to, gain evidence that the problem actually exists for them and force them to articulate the negative implication of that problem. ROI is something they can't achieve, right? It is because if not, is it really a problem, right? And then the next piece is show me that you're investing something recently to try and solve it. And quite often for a lot of companies, it's hiring people. It's using general purpose tools like Excel or PowerPoint or SharePoint. And they're just trying to cobble stuff together, which is good. You could sell to that, right? And so the, we validate those three very specifically, you know, we build questions around all of those things. And, and so that's going, going back to teaching a man how to fish, the founders come through that process with us. So at the end, you know, after 90 days, they're like, yes, oh my God, don't leave, do this for us. And then we do it. That's great. Yeah. So um, what's the vision you guys have for the next three to five years? What are you, what are you trying to solve? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. So it's, it's funny because <laughs> Whatever SaaS people like, you know, the, the, the SaaS founders or, or VCs, it's, it's not this like $500 million vision. We just want to solve really hard problems, attract really smart people, and really just increase the odds a little bit of B2B success. Because we know it's abysmal. Most B2B, com most companies and, and stuff just completely fail. So, and, and we do think a lot of that is talent. We do think a lot of that is, you know, focusing on the things you actually need to focus on and ignoring the rest for now. And so, you know, that, that's, that's sort of the, the more tactical sort of fun stuff for me from a business perspective, pushing into the enterprise is definitely a big vision for us. Um, I mean, I think that's where this gets really interesting for us. You know, we're a team of 10. I think that would make us a team of 30 or 40 very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the next big chunk of business that we have to break off and it will have impacts on the talent we acquire, the product, the process, and uh, it's just a different beast. So excited to go there. Yeah, that's great. How big is the team now? Yeah, about 10 people. A, little, a few part-timers, but about 10. And you guys are bootstrapped or did you raise money? or Fully bootstrapped. Um, yeah, it's something about handcuffing ourselves to debt early on, just not something we wanted to do. And, and we're, we want to see if we can do it. You know, I, I, I worked from a TV dinner tray for two years sitting on a couch, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, yeah, it took us yeah. a while, but yeah. There, the different businesses require different levels of totally. funding and non-funding. And I, I do think like when you can find a business that you don't have to raise a bunch of debt from, like you said, and, and you can retain control and, and don't have to dilute. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, especially in the early days and it's, it's a wild ride, but it's worth it. It's fun. And if you can get through the first, you know, year or two things, you know, and you continue to build momentum and, and things pick up, like it's awesome. And it, it's such a, it's such a great ride. And it's fun. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, adding fuel to the fire with with capitals, I mean, it makes people wildly successful because speed is a competitive advantage, right? And I mean, you know this more than I, I know in your early twenties, you, you know, you took a crack at and raised VC and, um, oh, you, I think I read it was, you were like 24. Yeah. When you were, uh, yeah, I'm, I could, I was still rubbing two pennies together at 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I remember going to like Coinstar to get like 13 bucks at a local key food. <laughs> to like, all right, dollar menu, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think today, it's never been easier to start a company ever. And like, 
if you want to do it, you can do it. There's no, and everyone, you make all these excuses. Like, you know, I have a wife, I have a kid. It's not easy. You know, I work my ass off, but if you want to do it, it's easy, right? The power of entry is low. Go make a dollar on the internet. You'll learn infinitely more just trying to do that. And, you know, I also think, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but like for, for people who don't feel like they, they, they don't, they're not an engineer or they can't build an app. Like you can build an app, not knowing code now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you build websites without knowing HTML, but you can, you know, you, there's, there's so much that people can do that. I think they just might not know exists. And I don't know. I think we're going to see a, a surge of like service-based companies because people will be able to sell just really their, their talent um, for the, yeah. I mean, not that it's happening for the first time, but I, I do think the bar is lower than it has ever been. Yeah. I for sure agree. I mean, back in the day, not even that long ago, like you had to have a server room to, to host the website. You had to, you know, for sure build with, you know, HTML at least and CSS, um, yep. you know, you, you couldn't just plug in, you know, a domain and attach it to, to the hosting account. You had to, you know, go through the C panel and do all these really technical things uh, yep. with the, with the rise of no code and, Exactly. connecting you know apps with each other you know yeah, it's happier and yeah bubble yeah bubble yeah, bubble's Zapier. a perfect example right you yeah. build your web apps with bubble you can you know the glue of the internet right you have zapier yeah. you have integromat you, like it's it's nuts and yeah it's just starting to um yeah agree so, yeah. yeah so where can people find you in, in the company online yeah so www.jellyfish.com jellyfish is with two j's uh yeah, that's a story, I guess, for another time. Uh, but yeah, uh, jellyfish.com, uh, you know, Twitter, Justin underscore Lawson. Justin also has two J's, just, you know, a little bit of a wink there. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not far away. Pretty easy to find. Nice. Tell us, tell us about the, the company name real quick. Yeah, so uh, really quickly. So Jen and I met at our last full-time employer, right? She's my co-founder. And, uh, and we, <laughs> we sort of joined, she's very different than myself. And, and we would join a lot of sales meetings together. And when you, when you co-sell, you sort of can go on tangents very quickly with one another. So we had a, there was a I think an HBR article about staying on track during meetings. You want to stay on track, have a code word, right? Have a code, whatever it is. You want Jumanji, whatever, Alaska, whatever. <laughs> Hours in the article, it said, use jellyfish to keep from drifting. So we started using it in meetings. All of a sudden, our clients started to use it. It became an inside joke. So when it came time to name a, a B2B company for ourselves, we just picked jellyfish slapped, you know, slapped another J on it for good measure and was uh, probably, it was funny now, but back when we started, you type in jellyfish with two J's into Google and it would auto-correct to actual jellyfish. Horrible for SEO. <laughs> we, we learned our lesson. <laughs> uh, those are some of the, the bootstrapping, early stage bootstrapping pains, you know. That's, it. That's, That's funny it. though. That reminds me of Super Troopers. When they did that, um, yeah, okay. what, yeah. How would you use that in context, like in like a pitch meeting or like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny. It actually happened. Um, so we would usually use it if we just, again, started to digress into some random topic. So just as you would use it in like normal, you know, business meeting. And, but then it turned into like, and I'll never forget this. I walked into a meeting uh, with my fly down. Okay. It happens. And, and Jen looks at me and she's just like, jellyfish. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> so, so, you know, it sort of just had a, uh, it, it sort of evolved, but it's, it's uh, definitely something that stuck with us. Um, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I think yeah. when you have like those, those fun, you know, the fun camaraderie is like co-founders and you're enjoying, cause at the end of the day, like 
building businesses can be fucking hard, man. And so if you're having fun and enjoying the entire process, like, uh, especially with people that you enjoy, it, it makes everything so much better. So I'm, and I know we're running up on time here, but you're, you're absolutely right. The, it is so rewarding, but it can also be super lonely, you know, and having those people in your corner. I don't, I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without Jen or like my wife or, you know, so you just got to find those people, find them early because they will give you the fuel, the fuel you need to do this stuff because it is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Conversely too. I mean, not to be an, somebody that's negative about it, but if you have the wrong people, it can be really detrimental too. So yeah, you need to make sure it's, it's the right people and it's a good fit. Yeah. I mean, knowing, knowing who to ignore is really important. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Cool, man. I really appreciate it. I have one more question for you that I want to just sure. end with. And uh, this has been really great. I'm excited to kind of see where you guys end up. We should do a recap episode in a couple of years, maybe. I think that <laughs> we do like a shark tank thing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so uh, I'm curious, uh, answer this however you want, but what is the legacy that you want to leave? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with jellyfish. Um, you know, I, I think I want to, and I think it, I, I go back just having a year and a half old kid, right. It, it sort of has evolved into just like making good humans, right. And, and having them grow up in a world and, and add value back to the world. And however that looks, it could look a lot of different ways, but just, I think right now, I don't care what party line you're on, but we know some stuff's broken. And I, again, just being decent humans, building decent humans, and, and also leaving something for them to be more successful in life. I think we talked about this, you know, starting from more or less nothing. You have an appreciation for how hard that is. And, um, you know, yeah, I think about legacy, just treat my family well, my friends, and, and the people that I don't know, treating them well. That's great. I love that, man. I really appreciate you hopping on with me today. Uh, it's been really cool to talk. Excited to see what you guys do. Uh, let's stay in touch. I'll give you my information when we hop off. And uh, I appreciate it, Justin. Yeah, no sweat. Anytime. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.